0: MIDI clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Nobody has more respect for women than I do, nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our second amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious
2: Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of an ultra-crepidarian to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim.
3: And I'm your host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments, and the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is tokenism. And before we go any further, this is a very special birthday edition because <laughs> it's Jim's birthday and also Tucker Carlson's birthday.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just found the hell today that we share. <laughs> that's about horrible, that. isn't it? I was like, oh, fuck.
3: That's kind of, that's, yeah, that's like the equivalent of Hitler, isn't it? You know, not wishing to, you know, the old reductio-eyed Hitlerum. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, and yeah. only up until last week, I discovered. Courtesy of you, that uh, Piers Brosnan shares your birthday. So, that's right.
2: That's and cool. Janet Jackson. Wow. Uh, Megan Fox and Tori Spelling.
3: <laughs> there you go. You're in there with the greats.
2: So, yeah. And, and, yeah. and the average greats is brought and, and down and Tucker by Tucker Carlson. Tucker
3: Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And more about yeah. birthdays later on. So, yeah. yeah. Tokenism.
2: So, tokenism as a fallacy, it's often when you do one small thing towards solving a problem and then claim that the problem is now solved. <laughs> right. And like, that's all you need to do. Yeah. And there's loads of different ways that it can be used. It can be used, for example, suggesting that I don't need to worry too much about climate change, because I recycle. Um, right. So you know, I I I now can go on all the flights I want and all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So just doing that one token thing, is right. seen as enough. Yep. It's also often used with regard to racism. And most of our Examples this time come from racism. And really, that's because it's depressingly easy to find examples yeah, yeah. that that fall yeah. into that category. Yes. Our first Trump example is actually from, I think it's a Facebook post, uh, from someone called Painful Truths. And it's uh, oh, the uh, right. Thomas Paine, Thomas Paine. Yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah. It's got a picture of Trump in 1986, I think, with Muhammad Ali and Rosa Parks. And it says, have you ever been so racist that you won an Ellis Island Award for patriotism, tolerance, brotherhood and diversity alongside Muhammad Ali and Rosa Parks?
3: Uh, Is it in Comic Sans, that typeface as well? It looks like it might (laughs) be, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah.
2: And this is a a very common way of defending Trump and other people against racism by saying, well, look, they did a good thing once near yep. a black person yes so they can't possibly <laughs> be racist in the same room as yeah <laughs> yeah and this is almost basically yeah it is they stood he stood in the same room as these people because he definitely he did not win an award for patriotism tolerance brotherhood and diversity he no. did win an ellis island award in 1986 Right. but it wasn't for those things at all <laughs> the ellis island awards are designed to reward basically immigrants Mm. and the children or grandchildren of immigrants for good stuff they do it's designed to encourage kind of acceptance and diversity and tolerance and stuff by saying look at all the great things immigrants and the children of immigrants do yeah and so the the um 86 awards which was the first year that that was given the people were basically chosen for kind of things that they represented really right and so obviously rosa parks was was representing standing up to adversity and things like that yeah. um trump's recognition came from doing well for the city of new york through his business endeavors and the fact that he had um a german grandfather right and that right. was it that's why he got the award was like you know someone who's done well in business yeah. and came from uh an immigrant essentially probably did the, a lot the of behind
3: scenes lobbying
2: yeah yeah but um, And the fact that he's standing next to Muhammad Ali and Rosa Parks is, is purely a coincidence because that image yep. is cropped. Uh, oh, and it also oh, featured right. Joe DiMaggio, Victor Borger and singer and, and anti-gay activist Anita Bryant, who also <laughs> won the award that year. <laughs> um, and they were all uh, honoured for different stuff. The medal over the years has changed and now recipients are chosen more for um, kind of charity work and, and contributions to society, more than they were... Um, at the beginning, it yeah. was, but it's all basically about saying, "Look, immigrants are okay after all." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
3: so the, so the bit, the patriotism, tolerance, brotherhood, and diversity. That, oh, that's completely that's in, made up. That's in inverted commas,
2: <laughs> as if it's a quote. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's completely made up. Oh, that's oh, not, right. Uh, no, yeah, that does that there isn't no in anything to do with the medal. Um, no, it's just. The the person posting has either heard that somewhere or made it up yeah. out of whole cloth,
3: and just gone. You are calling him a racist. Here he is in a picture with, with two black yeah, people,
2: two noted black people.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. Man. yeah,
2: yeah. And of course, Trump isn't averse to doing this himself. Yeah, as he said back in twenty twelve when he was explaining why he hadn't run for president that year, and saying you know he was very busy doing things like The Apprentice.
1: I mean, I don't want to bring up a very successful show called The Apprentice. I assume you all watch The Apprentice. (laughs) Where Arsenio Hall, somebody said, oh, because I brought up the birth certificate, I'm a racist. I said, how could I be? I just picked Arsenio Hall. (laughs) Give me a break.
2: Yeah. How could I be a racist? A black man just won Celebrity Apprentice. (laughs)
3: And I love the way he says, I don't want to bring up a show and then <laughs> proceeds to do exactly that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it, that is it's along the lines of I'm not a racist but – <laughs>
2: yeah, the fact that he he once picked a black celebrity to win Celebrity Apprentice, and there was also one black winner of the regular Apprentice series, it doesn't mean he's not racist. And that even assumes that he was really the one who picked the winners. According to Clay Aiken, who was the runner-up that year when, uh, when Arsenio Hall won in 2012, um, he said that basically Trump didn't know what was going on half the time on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the producers who did everything. They yeah. they were kind of keeping tabs on the contestants. They decided based on ratings who was going to move forward
3: yeah. and who was going to and win. And then Trump they would really just
2: tell not- him. Yeah, absolutely. To,
3: to read it um, out. Yeah.
2: yeah. So the fact that a show he presented had a black <laughs> celebrity winner <laughs> yeah. is not evidence that he wasn't racist. Or all, all that racist. his
3: actions of pointing out that doing the Bertha stuff – wasn't race racially motivated which which they all were yeah yeah
2: and and the thing is it it is a difficult tightrope to walk sometimes because when you're starting from a point with no representation for a particular group Hmm. then one example of representation is an improvement but yeah. when that representation is all there is and it's done only for the purpose of showing that you're not racist or you're not yeah. um, excluding that group, then it's potentially at least tokenism and yeah. potentially a, a fallacy. And and the way that, that companies can show that they're not racist genuinely and, and actually be a good ally and, and do all of that kind of good stuff is to – to have a genuine commitment and an ongoing effort to make sure that they are representing diversity and they are doing all the the right kinds of things and and supporting the right causes and so on, rather than just kind of vocally and visually doing it occasionally so that they can point to that and say, see, like the time that Trump pointed out a a black guy in one of his crowds and said, look at my African-American. Yes, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. because yeah. the thing is, the fact that the black man in the, his crowd stood out is yeah. is you know testament to part of what the problem was.
3: Yeah. So it isn't it isn't tokenism if you make a concerted effort to be inclusive and diverse as part as a policy, and even yeah. if you point that out and say, well, this is part of our policy, is that... I mean,
2: we- it's yeah, it's it's okay to talk about how, how you make sure that you are open and mm. diverse, that's fine. But it's the thing where, you know, people who aren't racist don't tend to feel the need to constantly point out how they're not racist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's like you said, the I'm not racist but line.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Tends to be followed by something quite racist, racist. Yeah, I'm not being racist
3: <laughs> but... Well, it's actually yeah. made me think of the... There's somehow there's a kind of tokenism going on with, you know, Black Lives Matter, and then white people say, "Well, no, all lives matter." That's something in there. There's it feels like it comes from the same.
2: I mean, route. in a way, yeah. It's the people who say all lives matter in that context, arguably, are trying to reduce black people to a to a token in that yeah. in the yeah, whole yeah. sphere of lives that matter. Yeah, um, <laughs> because the conversation we're trying to have at that point is about you know the whole thing about police brutality and black lives yeah um so yeah by by saying well yeah but that's only a part of the whole conversation
3: (laughs) yeah yeah it kind of sidelines it yes yeah
2: it reduces it to
3: what you and also points the finger of well you're just being tokenistic Yeah. If you're just saying that black lives matter. No, no, they all matter. And
2: yeah, it it does call attention to your racism in in a way. And there was in a hearing where Trump had recently been called racist. Mark Meadows, who became his chief of staff, I don't think he was his chief of staff at the time, um, tried to argue against this by bringing Lynn Patton, a black member of, of Trump's staff. Yeah. To kind of stand behind him while he <laughs> talked about how not racist trump is yeah. yeah and and because of the the format of the hearing she wasn't allowed to talk it was just that is the rules of the committee There's, yeah, there's yeah. they 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 couldn't kind of bring someone else in to give evidence because that but she, but she was kind of called in to just stand there while mark meadows talked about her um yeah. and said you know she wouldn't work for a racist at which point the person who was who was at the... Hit. In fact, it was Michael Cohen who was being oh, questioned right. yeah. at the time because yeah. he had called Trump racist. And he said, OK, well, what I'd like you to do is ask Lynn Patton, when she was working at the Trump organisation, how many black executives there were, because the yeah. answer's zero.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was Rashida Tlaib who who then accused Mark Meadows of being racist because he brought out a, in quotes... I think she actually said it, token black woman, to, yeah, to make the point yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. of Trump not being racist. And he was upset about that because he said, I'm not being racist.
3: It reminds me of when uh, Boris did some campaigning nonsense stood in front of a whole bunch of policemen or you know, police officers mm-hmm. saying we are extending the number of – when he did they obviously cut them over the last 10 years <laughs> and – the police commission th- themselves said, "You're using us as a token of your faith in the police. So you duped us by standing here, the, running your press conference in front of us."
2: Yeah, it's a very, it's a very optics thing mm, mm. to to use this yeah uh this this fallacy, especially in politics yeah it's about kind of trying to make sure that you don't look bad because yeah, you, have, you're, you're you have a, to be a diverse inclusive. person yeah. there among all the white
3: <laughs> yeah exactly
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah and now is the time i think for mark's british politics corner well speaking
3: of um tokenizing ethnicity and and kind of pur- purporting to be diverse the the tory party cabinet is a great one to go to because it isn't terribly diverse, <laughs> but they are at pains over a great deal of time to talk about the diversity of it. And the, the recent scandal, <sighs> you know, <laughs> take your pick. But there was one <laughs> yeah. in... You're uh, going to have to be more specific. I know, yeah. Like 2018, <laughs> 2019, there was the the Windrush scandal, which came to a head and led to the resignation of the then Home Secretary, Amber Rudd. And basically the Windrush scandal was um, there was an immigration act that Theresa May brought in in 2014 to ramp up the hostile environment to basically stop people, stop immigrants coming into Britain and settling here, coming over here, doing the jobs that we don't want to do you know paying their taxes and adding to the diversity of the population don't want that so and that was the upshot of that immigration act was that people that had been here they called the Windrush generation because they came across from Jamaica Uh, there was a kind of recruitment campaign from the British government to invite people from the Caribbean uh, from the British colonies to come and work in Britain, in post war Britain, to boost the economy. So there was a, you, you could come and resettle into Britain. And one of the boats that came from um, Jamaica was called the Windrush. And so that happened in the 50s. People have been settled here. There are, you know, thousands and thousands of uh, first generation and second generation and third generation now people who are all part of the the Windrush movement. Um, Amber Rudd was fired not because of the maliciousness of this act. She had to resign because she lied about the number of people that had been detained under this act. So basically there were people that had been here for 60 years that were being deported. And she lied about the fact that there was a quota that was in place to get rid of people to be seen to be the party against immigration in order to court the vote that was going actually to UKIP at the time and to the far right, which are all about England for the English and all that kind of stuff. So after she resigned, Sajid Javid was put in place as the Home Secretary. And you might guess from his name that he is from a BAME, black and minority ethnic section of society and he was asked a question in the house on his first day in office by diane abbott who is the i think she was shadow home secretary at the time in the labour party she is black she is the mp for east london has been for years her mum came over in windrush So this is a conversation that they had.
4: The Windrush generation was my parents' generation. And most British people believe that they have been treated appallingly. And he will be judged on what he does to put the situation right and get justice for the Windrush generation.
3: Like her... I am also a second-generation migrant and I know that she shares that anger and she should respect that other people do. She doesn't have a monopoly uh, on that. Um, the- He's tokenizing his own ethnicity, basically. He's saying, I'm a second-generation immigrant, but that doesn't make you a member of the Windrush generation. It doesn't make you subject to, the, to this particular iteration of the hostile environment that Theresa May put in place. And furthermore, he goes on to then say, You haven't got the monopoly over being. Yes, you can be angry about that. She doesn't actually say, (laughs) I I could be angry because I'm from, you know, my mother came over uh, on the Windrush. So I am from that particular stock. Therefore, I have the right to be angry. She isn't saying nobody else can be angry about this, yeah. but
2: he's twisting but the
3: knife. He's, doing
2: he's also that. not saying that he's angry about it as well, is he? He's, no. He's basically kind of saying – she's saying I am part of this community – yeah, and and therefore I know a little bit about this and this is how I feel about it. And he's basically saying, um, yeah, but there are also immigrants who don't feel like that. I'm one of those.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So you're, so, you're not the only yeah, one. That's not you know, really the going, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, that, and the thing that she's saying, you know, let's hope he does the right thing, is basically to sort it out and do right by the Windrush generation, which he doesn't do. So, and not only does he... Not only is he tokenizing his own ethnicity, he voted for the legislation there weren 't that many people that did. There were many many Tory um, people at the time in two thousand Tory MPs at the time in two thousand and fourteen who voted against it because they could see what it would do. He voted for it so and then he didn 't actually um, Stopped the deportations. The deportations were paused at this time, and then when he took up the job in April two thousand nineteen, the deportations were restarted. Um, and he claimed that they were guilty of very serious crimes, but they weren't. That was untrue. And in February, it was all halted again. So uh, he's so he's being token. He's, he is the token brown person let's wheel him out let's put him in this office in order to brownwash the issue because at the time i think there were three maybe um members of the bame community in the tory cabinet and sajid was one of them um he became, after his Home Secretary, he became the Chancellor for a while, only to be replaced by Rishi Sunak, another brown-skinned person, BAME. And let's look at the, the next clip, is in June 2020, when there are still only two Asian people in the Tory Cabinet. There's um, Richie Sunak and Priti Patel. And Matt Hancock, who isn't Asian, um, was talked to on the uh, Sky Sophie Ridge programme ab- about this thing. It's a bit of a long clip, but it yields some rich pickings. And by the way, spoiler alert, the answer to Sophie's question is none. There are none.
4: How many black people are in the current cabinet?
3: Um, the Well, uh, we've got, there's a whole series of people from a black and minority ethnic background, uh, the Chancellor, the Exchequer, the Home Secretary, um, to name but
4: two. I'm talking about black people specifically because I do think it's quite important not to lump everyone from non-white backgrounds together because obviously Asian people, for example, face prejudice too, but it might be a different prejudice to that faced by black people. Um, 62%, for example, of GCSE pupils from Indian backgrounds got a strong past in English and maths. 27% to black Caribbean, you're three times as likely to be stopped and searched if you're black than if you're Asian. So that's why I was specifically asking about how many black people there are in the current cabinet. Uh, Well, the two cabinets I've sat in uh, with uh, Boris Johnson as Prime Minister are the two most diverse cabinets I've ever sat in. Uh, Well, I think that Boris Johnson has got a very good record on this uh, and it brings people in and listens to a diversity of, of views. And it's diversity of thought that's the really important thing when you're taking those big uh, decisions around the Cabinet table. So, table. actually, people are you saying, then, that people from backgrounds. black backgrounds shouldn't really worry that there, aren't any, there isn't a single person from a black background at the current Cabinet table because you have diversity of thought?
3: Yeah, several... Diverse thoughts in there. This first one. There's a whole series of people. so How many black people in the cabinet? Well, there's a whole series of people from black and ethnic minority community. Well, no, there aren't. A whole series, yeah, and then he name names of the, the only two. two. <laughs> yeah, to name but two. Yeah, because there are only two, and neither of them are black. So – and and then he goes on to more tokenism. This is the most diverse – two of the most diverse cabinets I've ever sat in. Well, it doesn't, doesn't say much. The Tory party has existed for 120 years, something like that. And this is – these are the most diverse – you know, some of my cabinets – are very diverse. And you think well, it doesn't actually say much for previous cabinets. And no, Boris Johnson does not have
2: a good record on this. No. He is the one that talked but about that's such economies. a weird thing to even say. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like where on, I can, on earth? Does I understand why he felt the need to lie when questioned. Yeah. Um, yes. whether yes. there were any really black people working yeah. for Boris. But then to yeah. go that far and suggest yeah. that Boris has a good record, good record on, on racism? You
3: think, that's way <laughs> out there. You know who who is he appealing? to
2: you know, <laughs> people who aren't paying attention
3: yeah yeah because <laughs> i mean the the thing about sophie Ridge's question is it's really well thought out yeah. and well put because it just kind of good well it isn't about you just because you've got two me people out of your bame group and in fact the the contribution latterly to the problem of institutional races, racism, which the government report says there is none. Um, it, what they what they did was do away with the description of black and minority ethnic. They just did away with that. You can't have BAME now. That's They've done away with it because that's cured the problem. That's the equivalent of, you know, that problem with the brakes in the car where the light keeps coming on to indicate the brake. Well, we fixed it. Well, how did you fix it? We just taped over it. That's, so the problem still there. They've just taken away the label. Um, and also, diversity of thought is not the same, you know, because only Priti Patel and billionaire Rishi Sunak represented the ethnic minority communi- communities. And given the fact that half of the BME households live in poverty and... Um, and Priti Patel's less-than-inclusive views about the Black Lives Matter protest. how diverse is their thought? Um, so, re- yeah, really, how can white-slash-Asian-Oxbridge-educated millionaires and billionaires share the thoughts of the lived experience of someone with black, African or Caribbean heritage, especially post-Windrush? This is a year after the Windrush scandal. So uh, writing in The Independent at the time... Um, Priyandvada Gopal said, Like all buzzwords, diversity has several uses. Deployed thoughtfully, it can transform shamefully homogenous institutions for the better. However, it can be used as a form of nonsensical virtue signaling that changes very little. Whereas spoof reporter Jonathan Pye simply said this...
4: Our new Prime Minister is the embodiment of
2: inequality. You can't hide that by putting a couple of right-wing shitheads who happen to have brown skin into your cabinet. So hooray for diversity. Brilliant. This government has more rich, hard-right wankers of colour than
3: ever before. Because that's the issue that they've got, is that they're trying to promote this hostile environment. And, you know, if, if... if Priti Patel and Rishi Sunak had a little bit of self-awareness, or even Sajid Javid had some self-awareness, they would say, what you're trying to do is brownwash the problem. You're, you're literally putting me up in order to front this thing to say there is no such thing as a hostile environment. And yet they put that in place in order to woo the right-wing white voter that were going off to UKIP and the far-right parties – and they've been very successful in doing that, despite the fact that they put Pretty Patel in, or as I read the other day, because somebody, somebody described her as Pritler, <laughs> because they must be terribly conflicted. And we talked about that before, because she is Asian. She's second generation Asian. Of, age, of Her parents came over to Britain from India, possibly. And yet she's the doyen of the far right because she's anti-immigration so they must be completely yeah
2: her conflict. policies would have prevented her own parents from
3: yes exactly from and it's not the, yeah and that's not the first time that that's happened in the tory party just
2: as a as a quick fact check you mentioned she uh her parents um migrated from india her grandparents were uh, born in india but then uh, emigrated to Uganda, where apparently there are a large Indian Uh, population. Yes, there is. Um, And then emigrated from there in the 60s to Hertfordshire.
3: What you said is wrong You call them and oh, fast overweight.
2: Oh, my. Bar-
1: There
3: go the Hollies there with their somewhat tokenistic hit, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. So that kind of whole thing, which I was listening to the other day, thinking, well, hang on a minute, this is this whole kind of thing where you're insulting him for being fat (laughs) and then you're you're going oh no 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 yeah he's not heavy he's my brother i can actually yeah he's fine you know some of my brothers are fat (laughs) so so this struck me as being
2: quite tokenistic okay Uh, yeah yeah So, in the Fantasy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fantasy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week comes actually from a political sitcom from the 90s called Spin City. Oh, yeah. Uh, which starred Michael J. Fox as the uh, staffer for the, for the Mayor of New York, actually, I think. Ah. Yeah, and Michael J. Fox was his kind of chief of staff. It was, it was all right. Not a bad sitcom. Didn't last that many years, though. So, anyway, this is one of the the staff members in the office having a a bad day.
0: This newlywed couple moved into the apartment across from mine and they have not stopped, shall we say, celebrating their nuptials. How do you know
1: they're newlyweds? Oh, they have cans tied to their legs. (laughs) I'm guessing, James. What do you know? It sounds like our Mr. Open-Minded Carter here
0: just might be a tiny bit heterophobic.
2: No, 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 not at all. Some of my best friends are heterosexual.
0: At least they think they are.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, the, the classic some of my best friends <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, line. Yeah. Subverted there by being nice. spoken by a gay man about straight people. Sexuals. Um, yeah. And yeah. in fact, this is slightly ironic because in Carter, the character played by Michael Boatman in the scene is uh, what in Toganism is referred to as a twofer because he is um, simultaneously the only ethnic minority in the programme and also right. the only gay character. Right, and so he is—he is the token <laughs> black gay yeah. man. Uh, yeah, yeah, making making a kind of tokenism joke. So
3: yeah, nice.
2: And in in the a way of kind of showing that people who single out one one member of a group as as an example of saying I don't have a problem with them, yeah. can actually betray the inherent racism there. We have yeah. this sketch from the Mitchell and Webb look, which is just fantastic.
4: He walked by on the other side, leaving the man helpless. But then who should wander by but a Samaritan of all people? And he actually helped the man. Hang on, my No, he did. He went over and actually... No, sorry. No, no, no. I mean, this is what I'm saying. That a Samaritan, all right, so have a good think about your attitudes, went and helped. Yeah, no, I see. No, 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 stick with it. Because what I'm saying is that he was a good Samaritan. that's good Samaritan, if you could imagine such a thing. Yes! Yes, I can! I, I think we all can. Yeah. I, I know there's
3: a lot of prejudice against Samaritans, which is terrible, but I'm sure I speak for everyone in this
4: room when I say that there are loads of really nice Samaritans. Yeah, some of my best friends are Samaritans.
1: Yeah, me and the wife went on holiday to Samaria last year, and they were lovely people. Oh,
4: couldn't do enough for you. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, so what I'm finding offensive, and I'm sure I'm not the only one... Is your unreflecting acceptance of this cliché that all Samaritans are wankers? No, I'm saying he was good. Yeah, but you're implying that the fact that he was good is worth a story in itself. It's some kind of weird curiosity, like an albino Nubian. No, I'm saying that goodness comes in unexpected places. Yeah, and I'm saying that the fact that you wouldn't expect goodness from a Samaritan
2: betrays
3: your inherent racism.
1: Yeah, oh, it's brilliant!
2: Fantastic! So it's,
3: re- yeah. it's really Python-esque. I love it. It's like, yeah, yeah. But and it hadn't occurred to me <laughs> until then. You go, oh yeah, and the Good Samaritan. Yeah. So yeah. are you implying that all the all the other <laughs> Samaritans are
2: wankers? Yeah, absolutely. And and in this and in the story in the Bible story, Jesus by by making such a big deal about the fact that there was a Good Samaritan, <laughs> good Samaritan. is betraying yeah. how he really feels about Samaritans. And and that it basically is exactly the same as, as Mark Meadows bringing someone out and saying, look, a black person works for Trump. They wouldn't work for him if he was a racist. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And I like the fact they 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 got in managed to get in the two cliches.
2: Yeah, some of our best friends are Samaritans,
3: and yeah, we went yeah. to Samaria,
2: and they were lovely. Yeah. Incidentally, yeah. the the, uh, the wife there who says, uh, "Oh yeah, couldn't do enough for you." That's yeah. that's Oscar-winning actress Olivia Colman in an uh, in an early wow. role. She was a regular <laughs> uh, sketch partner yeah, of uh, yeah. Mitchell and Webb in that series wow so Brilliant. our third example and this is the third week in a row We uh, yeah. third episode you're, in a row we've got an example Superstore. from from Superstore <laughs> yeah. this is the last one uh, so this is my kind of three colours of red of the Superstore example trilogy right. and yeah um, uh, and and Honestly, I chose this fallacy before I saw this episode, but this just fitted really well. We are here to
3: right an injustice. Effective immediately, Cloud9 will no longer keep black hair care products in locked cases. Wait, why are those locked up? Can you huff them? Or is it more like a butt thing?
0: Oh, butt thing? No, I think it's because they think black people are going to steal them.
3: Yeah, we have to
0: ask for the key. It's like a walk of shame every time you need argan oil.
2: Wait, seriously, that was store policy that you had to humiliate yourself just to get the uh, almond, the... What was it called? The our, the al- almond oil. Almond. That's so messed up.
1: Yep. That was pretty cool of corporate to fix it. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot of courage to make a gesture this small this late in the game.
2: Look, the important thing is it ends today. You know, I thought my legacy as acting manager was going to be the new forklift pallet clamp, but turns out it's racial justice, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: so, such a small <laughs> gesture
2: so late in the game. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant, and and the thing is, much like Jonah, I was surprised to find that actually this was a genuine policy. In obviously, Cloud Nine is a fictional store, yeah, but yeah. in Walmart and Target, around the time this show was being written, this episode, they were just doing this. They uh, were they were removing locks that were previously on cabinets of black hair care wow, products, up- which was not how they treated other hair care products.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why would you? You know, there's yeah, come, yeah it is It does amuse me when you walk around the supermarket, which are in the little plastic cases with a kind of you know alarm setting off tag attached to it. And you think, well, what are what are they? Why yeah. would people steal that? And why is that therefore shoved in a case? You know, so, I mean, you can understand if it, if the supermarket sold gold on the shelf, you know, you kind of go, yeah, you wouldn't want people to just steal that because it's quite expensive. But hair care products, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, what.
2: So uh, Dina uh, essentially uh, claiming that they they've solved racial justice by doing this, yeah, and and it's pretty cool that the corporate have made this decision, yeah, it's, uh, yeah That's her legacy. Yeah, yeah. I tokenist. thought it was
3: just going to be the Fortnite Fort Power, <laughs> the, uh... no, no, this is it. <laughs>
2: racial
3: justice. The uh, the yeah. whole
2: episode. This was the beginning of an episode, and the whole episode then became about you know the the people trying to help to reduce the level of inherent and kind of societal and and systematic racism within. Yeah. The at least this branch of the store and and yeah. messing up the way they were doing it, um, and and Jonah is uh, as a character um constantly trying to be an ally and wanting to do the right thing and always not, kind of not quite necessarily treading the right line yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but always his intentions are good yeah. in that way <laughs> yeah. and and, and yeah. i can't help but feel some affinity to him <laughs> and and notice <laughs> yeah. that we are two uh you know middle-aged white cis yeah. guys talking yeah, yeah. in this episode particularly yeah, yeah. But we've talked about in other episodes about black lives matter and about racism and about yeah. all of that kind of stuff so i I'd like to apologise right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: It, but, you know, there is, it is, an, you I'm know, just going to say something quite tokenistic possibly, but it's like it's an enormous thing for us to overcome our white privilege and to kind of learn about that stuff and do that stuff. And, and it's not like we're Trump who would say, look, I'm really trying to do this and I might make some missteps along yeah. the way. You know if only he'd say that you know, that's kind of that sounds a bit more bidenesque, but you you know that but he doesn't he just goes, no, I'm not racist, some of my f- photographic sidekicks are you know <laughs> celebrated black people and it, yeah no, you know that's yeah it's it's deeply troubling stuff. As a product of white privilege yeah. i guess it 's very hard yeah. for
2: us, is what we 're trying to say, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> so the point I guess we 're tr- making in that is just to say we are trying to be good allies, and if there is anything that we have said or say at any point yeah. that that people think we are we could have worded differently or better or or whatever, do please let us know because mm. we want to try to be good allies and do better and do the right thing so so we yeah. are absolutely open to having any that kind of conversation so please we recognize that this is a conversation that we are only on the periphery of um, yeah. um, um but we're still kind of trying to 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 have it yeah our final example in this section is from the uh woody allen film sleeper one of the early funny ones thinking
3: of white privilege yeah
2: and uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and this is uh, a completely non-racist example.
4: Where am I, anyhow? I mean, what, what happened to everybody? Where are all my friends?
2: You must understand
0: that
1: everyone you knew in the past has been dead nearly 200 years.
2: But they all ate organic rice. So, <laughs> in in Sleeper, <laughs> yeah. Woody Allen's character, Miles, has been cryogenically frozen, basically, and woken yeah. up 200 years later. So, yeah, everyone he knows is dead. and And the suggestion that, they can't be dead after 200 years they all ate organic rice kind of yeah. is i'm using it as an example of people claiming they're being healthy or or expecting to to live a long time or or being able to get away with otherwise unhealthy things because they do one thing because they do yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah. A, i mean I organic rice yeah, yeah and miles in this scene isn't claiming that that's all his friends did but it's it's kind of a representation one of that. the
3: things i did because he yeah. ran a he ran a health food store
2: yeah and in and in the future they found all of the health food is actually yeah well, like i think this conversation goes on to say you know actually stuff, it t- it.
3: turns out the most healthy thing you could do is smoke
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing for your body before we move on to fake news this week uh, we have to talk about our competition that we were running, Yay. which started out as a T-shirt thing and then turned into yeah. a review thing. And yeah, so thanks for all the reviews, which yeah. of which there have been several and they've been very complimentary. Thank you very much. And the winner, who will receive a load of fallacious Trump merch, is Miles Robinson, Yay, Miles. who is nice. a uh, long-time patron. Uh, dedicated Twitter follower and regular listener and uh, he left us a very nice review and so I'll be getting in touch with you Miles to find out your contact details so that we can send Yay, you some Miles! stuff Yay! and even though the competition is over please do feel free to just leave us reviews anyway just yeah. for fun
3: for, for, yeah. We, we, yeah we're not going to bribe you for no. it I mean we have obviously we might, M- Miles but, yeah, but yeah but, you know, <laughs> just do it yeah. Yeah. out of the goodness of your heart yeah
2: and as uh, Mark alluded to earlier it is a special birthday episode because this month is Fallacious Trump's third birthday. Yay! Yay. We're three! So Yay. Uh, I think when we started this, neither of us really had much of a sense of what it was going to turn into. No. But <laughs> But this is it. This is what it's turned into over three years. Into. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, really. I want to say thank you to Mark because doing this is good. And uh, yeah. I would say that I couldn't do it without you, but we proved that I could do it without Yeah. <laughs>
3: um but, yeah, no, that's but it, right. but it that's wasn't the, as fun that's so, the emphasis f- fallacy yeah. isn't it yeah <laughs> i really couldn't do with this this without you uh-huh. yeah. no I really couldn't.
2: um yeah. Uh, yeah but i also want to say thanks to all of the guests that we've had on um either yeah. people who were filling in for mark or people who we've interviewed and guests that we are still trying to get on and, and are determined to, to talk to um yeah. but most of all thank you to you guys the listeners uh we yeah. are um on track next month to hit our 150,000th download which is just ridiculous wow and it's it's been a bright spot for me in the last yeah. three years it's been the the last three years has been a, a difficult time personally for me both in my personal life and my career it's been challenging but this having this to focus on has kind of kept me relatively sane <laughs> <laughs> and I emphasize relatively yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah. so so yeah. thank you very much for that and
3: yeah no, it's been terrific fun, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um and it's like literally birthday and Christmas all rolled in one. It's kind of that it gives us an excuse to talk rubbish and <laughs> go off on tangents. And the fact that people have been downloading it for three years is just what? Yeah. When when Jim came up with it, well, yeah, yeah, we'd we'll do that, that'd be good. I'd to chat <laughs> with you about this every week for or uh-huh. every other week for for three years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, I, with no thought that people would kind of tune in and, like Miles, write complimentary stuff about it. It's just yeah. T- terrific. Yeah. So um, as with all birthdays, there are presents involved, so we're
2: going to give you presents. We are. In fact, we are getting a little bit of a present because we're getting an extra week off. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. So, yeah, so yeah. we, instead of back in two weeks, we'll be back in three weeks' time. But in that time, you will be getting... The first two episodes of our patron-only up to now, at least series, yeah. which is a book club about the Great Awakening, yeah. which is which is designed to introduce QAnon to people and explain how yeah all we're only giving you two matters.
3: episodes because otherwise you know yeah you don't red want to go pearl, crazy wherever it holds, um, all that
2: yeah but yeah we debunk some of their bullshit uh, which is fun all of it I think <laughs> yeah quite a lot of it yeah <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah and uh, <laughs> it's the same it's the same bullshit over and over again
2: yeah <laughs> and uh, also you will be getting the audio of The Skeptics in the Pub Talk that I gave uh, a couple of months ago, which is about my work as a film examiner for the British Board of Film Classification. So you can find out what goes on behind the scenes there and what it was like to do that job, and there's a Q and a and that kind of stuff.
3: And kind of why Jim is the way that he is.
2: Yeah, it, it explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so during our, our very brief hiatus, you will be getting actually extra stuff in your feed there you uh, go look at and, that uh, and yeah. there'll be the usual new queue episode for patrons as well so nobody's missing
1: out so we're gonna we're gonna play fake news folks i love the game it's a great game i understand the game as well as anybody as well as anybody yes it's
2: time for fake news the game where i read out three trump quotes two of which are real and one i made up and mark has to figure out which one is fake news
3: yeah you see some of my best friends are successful winners if you will <laughs> So, you know, that's all I need to say in this particular tokenistic episode. <laughs> it's the, you know, that's it. That, we needn't play because we could just accept the fact that I'm going to be suc- a successful winner in this round purely on based on the fact that some of my friends are
2: yeah, successful. but I have come up with some things, so we should do it. Anyway. Oh, okay, so we're going to yeah. do it anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the that theme. Prove <laughs> me wrong. Yeah. The theme yeah. this week is things that happen in three years. <laughs> Oh, right. Or over the course of three years. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Statement number one. Our nation is in the midst of a great American comeback. That's what it is. In just over three years, we've created seven million brand new jobs, something that would have been unthinkable to even say. I wouldn't have been able to get away with it. They would have stopped me. They would have said, that's not realistic, you're exaggerating. I would never have said seven million because even I didn't think we could reach that number. Seven million new jobs.
3: He so would have said (laughs) seven million, for for one. A for one... (laughs) And B, he hasn't. So there were not, you know, that's like yeah, 10,000 new nurses. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Statement number yep. two. I brought our soldiers home from wars we never should have been in, never should have been there, the Middle East. They're coming home missing their arms, their legs, their faces. <laughs> A lot of people don't think they should be coming home. A lot do, but many don't. But I think most people certainly do. We're doing very well in our talks with Afghanistan. We're getting out very rapidly over the course of three years. We're already down to a much smaller number of people. People said it couldn't be done.
3: <laughs> but, uh, has he done any of that? No. <laughs> missing their faces? That's... What? Well, how do they? How, do they know, how does he know that they're our soldiers? If they're missing their faces, how do I, they identify them? They don't think we, a lot do, but many don't. That's...
2: Yeah... Statement um, number three. I'm quite
3: convinced by that one already. <laughs> OK, yeah.
2: <laughs> the radical Democrats will implement nationwide catch and release. Do you know what that is? You catch a killer, you catch a rapist and you say, oh, thank you very much. Please give us your name. Oh, come back in three years. We're going to put you on trial. Oh, good. You never see them, by the way. Remember, I had that debate with Joe Biden. He said, oh, they come back. Yeah, they don't come back. They don't come back. No, they don't come back. Like, never. Maybe one percent, but I doubt it. <laughs>
3: Maybe a number I just made up, which will just show how pitiful it is. Okay, yeah, I'm quite convinced by that one as well. Which which sounds alarm bells. (laughs) Okay, Mm, right. Well, this. I want. I just want to hear him say, "Missing their arms, legs, and faces." Um. Okay. Catch and release sounds sounds. Familiar sounds which it's also a trap. Uh, oh god, okay, right. So, I'm going to fall into both traps and say that okay, number one is the one you made up okay. seven million new jobs. Yeah, so out of the
2: other two, which are you more convinced by?
3: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> either of them now. Okay, I think the 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 missing their arms and faces. Number two. Okay. More convinced by that's just. I just want to hear him say.
2: (laughs) Uh, Number two.
3: I keep losing. Is yeah. Fake news. Oh, nice. Good work.
2: Yeah, I'm afraid he did. To be fair, he did say people are coming home missing their arms, legs, and faces. Oh, <laughs> Just not in right. this context. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> and that is so good. Yeah. It kind of goes, yeah, they do. They 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 say they shouldn't, but they do, but they don't, but they do, but they don't, which, yeah, brilliant, which is like yeah, every no. Nirvana song, da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, God. So the other ones are that true. That is
2: the other ones are true. So, oh yeah, the one God. you thought was true, which is number yeah. three, uh, yeah. that is true.
1: The radical Democrats will implement nationwide catch and release. You know what that is? You catch a killer, you catch a rapist, and you say, Oh, thank you very much. Please give us your name. Oh, come back in three years. We're going to put you on trial. Oh, good. You never see them, by the way. Remember, I had that debate with Joe Biden. He said, no, they come back. Yeah, they don't come back. They don't come back. No, they don't come back. Like, never. Maybe 1%, but I doubt it. You know that,
3: that thing with our theory that the right wing don't do humour? Mm. So there are very few right wing comics, except maybe Jeremy Clarkson. But, the, but so he is a right wing comic. And and, which isn't funny. He thinks he's funny. Yeah. Other people take him very seriously, but he thinks he's funny because being a right-wing comic, you don't know that your audience don't think you're funny. They think you're serious. Either that or he does know that. No, I think the (laughs) GOP knows that. So they put a comic who's convinced that they love him because he's funny up there, say funny things... And they know that the audience will take it seriously. So he can make shit up and they will just go, oh, right, yeah. And it's because it's just horrible shtick when it's based in f- complete falsehood.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Basically, he is Michael from The Office and, yeah. and his supporters <laughs> yeah. are Dwight.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. that. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
2: What a horrible thought. <laughs> Oh my God. So, uh, I mean, obviously, it almost goes without saying, but this is bullshit.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No one has suggested implementing nationwide catch and release. No. That's that's nonsense. Uh, and it, And catch and release isn't you catch a killer, you catch a rapist, and you say, come back in three years, we'll put you on trial, and hope they come back. What it is, is some people who enter the country illegally are not immediately repatriated and they aren't yeah. imprisoned yeah. while awaiting their immigration trial so they are released yeah. into yeah. the yeah. country but they're not crimi- they're not murderers and rapists they are people whose only crime is crossing the border illegally mm. and and even many of those are immediately repatriated trump's department of homeland security's own figures say that of people with criminal records 97% were immediately wow. repatriated wow they are not released into the US with the hope that they'll come back when they're given turn court date. In three years' time, yeah. In 2014, the DHS repatriated 65% total of, of um, illegal aliens, yep. as they call them, with the majority, 80% of those, occurring as expedited removals within a few days of wow. the people entering the country. Yep. So this just isn't true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and of those who are released into the US, the DHS's figures are that at least fifty percent of them show up at their hearings.
3: Oh wow! Even the his falsehood contrasts uh, vividly with Pretty Patel's Homeland Security equivalent, because I was only reading today that there was somebody who was uh, detained under the yeah you know, the hostile environment. Legislation, which which kind of never really called that. That was kind of unofficially it. And he was held without trial and without need, and with for three and a half years or something mm. like that, and under no requirement. And EU people coming in from the EU are suffering that as well. They are. They're not. They're being caught when they shouldn't be, and they're not being released. Yeah. So it's. But yeah, it's just what
2: And I should also say that the the fifty percent figure that's cited by the DHS is is an estimate, and most uh, immigration experts say that is a massive underestimate oh wow of, of the people who show up at their court case one yeah. study by the university of california at los angeles uh, found that family members released from custody so people who came across with not just on mm. their own attended all of their hearings in 86 percent of cases during the wow. 15 year period between 2001 and 2016 with slightly lower 81 percent for non-families and wow. and if those family members are seeking asylum that number goes up to 96 percent
3: mm. yeah yeah because that because if you're Going to argue your case? That where would you do it? You'd do it at the hearing. Yeah, so that, yeah.
2: So yeah, yeah, this this idea that nobody ever turns up, or or you know maybe one percent, is just yeah. completely. Made up.
3: Well, it's, it's that kind of inflated thing along the lines of they're all here and they will all just shoot you based on that one yeah. guy that there was a, a gun went off and somebody got caught in the well, also,
2: ricochet. I mean, he's he's thinking what he would do. Yeah, if he yeah, illegally yeah. emigrated somewhere and they said, "Okay, come and come to your court trial," he would never go. No, so he's go, yeah yeah. Everyone Here's else my name. Would do yeah, it the same in way in three years.
3: Yeah, exactly. He's not thinking about his (laughs) voters. He's thinking about what
2: he would do. Yeah. Yeah. So the one you thought was fake, number one, uh, that is also real.
1: Our nation is in the midst of the great American comeback. That's what it is. In just over three years, we've created seven million brand new jobs, something that would have been unthinkable to even say. I wouldn't have been able to get away with it. They would have stopped me. They would have said, that's not realistic. You're exaggerating. I would have never said 7 million because even I didn't think we could reach that number. 7 million new jobs.
3: So he's saying something that was unthinkable. I wouldn't have been able to get away with saying it despite the fact I wouldn't have even thought to have said it. Yeah.
2: But it's so ridiculous. It's such a ridiculously high number that no one could possibly have believed it if anyone did try and say it. Yeah. Um. So, first of all... Is it, <laughs> he, did, he did, Is it true? Well, yeah. in the first three years, there yeah. were 6.7 million new jobs created. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is good, but certainly not unprecedented, because that was the tail end, pre-COVID, of, of a yeah. record 111-month increase in the labour wow. market. Wow. Um, and so in the 36 months before Trump took office... In Obama's last three years, the US yep. economy added more than 8 million jobs. So right. so adding 7 million in his first three yeah. years is unsurprising, not that big a deal, exactly what you would have expected from looking at the graph yeah. and assuming he didn't fuck up enormously. Yeah. and nothing to do with <laughs> him. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, and it's not in the midst of, this is towards the end yeah. of, yeah. something that's
2: been happening for 10 years. Yeah. it's very yeah. much gone in the other direction now.
3: Yes, not least because of COVID, but also because of his, his response to COVID. Lack of, risk, yeah, lack of intervention. Yeah. shall we charitably say, <laughs> yeah, being very yeah, kind because he did fuck yeah. all about it. Yeah,
2: mm, yeah. yeah, actively Actually, scaremongering a- and peddling miracle cures. That that yeah, that, that lack guy, of intervention. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah that, 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 like, all of which means I didn't win again.
2: Yeah, this.
3: this this time
2: sadly oh, that's right so your score now is down to 30 out of 65 which is 46 percent even worse so yeah all right yep, is yep, it, yep. Yeah, yeah well it is getting worse obviously because you've lost the last couple that's how that works Yes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay, yeah. despite the fact that some of our best friends are winners yeah but,
2: yeah I've, i can't uh,
3: recall any of their names now <laughs> but you know
2: if you win yeah then it'll go up so that's how that works
3: there you go. That's how that yeah. works. Yeah. Right. Oh, now you've explained <laughs> that. God, I've been now going you know wrong what we're supposed time.
2: to do. Yeah. Jesus. Yes, it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called "UK Voter ID is not a logical fallacy," um, and this is based on a, a tweet that we were sent by a listener. Uh, called yeah. Jarrell Anthony. It's been it's been a week of riches, isn't yeah.
3: it? People doing reviews, people interacting with us and going oh, I think you should do something about
2: this. Yeah, so you can yeah. you can uh, find this listener and follow him on Twitter at call me jazz man and he sent us a tweet basically forwarding a tweet by Ian Dale, who is an LBC presenter, a London uh, radio presenter who is um yeah. I mean, based on the tweet, probably a bit right-wing. <laughs> um, yeah
3: they can it's a weird it's hard to say lbc is a very odd yeah. station it's got it's kind of got shock jocks on it um farage had his own show yeah. for a while but it also has james surprised. o'brien who is exactly kind of who is reason. a kind of he just questions the right wing's assumptions he does and therefore is yeah. assumed to be a left winger a bit like owen jones kind of does that though he's a labor supporter but he's He's generally questioning the assumptions that are behind, so James O'Brien, um, the, the assumptions behind people's decision to vote to leave the EU or not vote in the local elections and all those kind of things. So, yeah, so that that is in LBC. But on the other <laughs> hand, there are people who are way over on the right yes. who can't, who still have airtime.
2: So I imagine <laughs> if you're an LBC listener, and I have to say I, I used to be in my kind of Teens and twenties. I used to listen to LBC. Yeah, um, but yeah. it must be that you only listen at certain times because you're definitely going to get so. very different views from, yeah, <laughs> from what you yes, expect. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So well, it's a bit like one of those flick flicker books. Did you ever have one of those? If you if you put your thumb on a certain part of the page and flick yeah. it, you, you would get, get one set of things animation. Maybe if you flick it the yeah. other way, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Ian Dale's tweet. This is about voter ID in the UK because we had the Queen's speech um, this last week. And because we are a uh, a monarchistic representative democracy, the Queen gets to tell us what the people we've elected to make up rules for us have decided. Two of those
3: those terms are probably true. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And one of the things she told us the politicians have decided they're going to do is something I think she also mentioned in 2019, which is to introduce mm. photo photo ID for general yep. elections,
3: in order to stamp out voter fraud. Yeah, all yeah. three, rife, four, rife with voter or five, fraud. rife, yeah. rife. If you look at just the three cases,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, and much yeah. like the US, uh, people have said. I think that's a bad idea for various reasons, many of which have to do with the fact that um, the generally older or poorer you are, the less likely you are to have photo ID that you are readily you have readily available and and can use to vote.
3: Um, yeah, or the people that would vote against, say, a right wing, yeah. um, uh, rich, supporter centric.
2: Sure. Political party. Yeah, by pure coincidence, this law would yeah. would disenfranchise the kinds of people who would vote yeah. against the so current the government.
3: People that are voting, <laughs> yeah, so people who are, say, without an address uh-huh. and then would find it difficult to get some sort of photo ID, you know, or without yeah. an income. Um, or yeah, without, young, you know, young people, kind of uh, you
2: people who, yeah. are, who are unable to take the day off to go to a council office to get photo ID or to uh, pay for. Yeah. Um, a, uh, a passport to be renewed which is quite expensive who are less likely to be going on holiday and therefore need a passport less likely to um, drive if they're in urban areas particularly um, or even yep. be able to afford a car so unlikely to necessarily have a driver's licence so for various reasons not least of which that it doesn't actually solve any problem um, the, yeah. this, this has seen by, yep. been seen by some to be a bad idea yep. um, and Ian Dale's tweet Uh, was this and it's based in part on the fact that we've just had some local council elections in this country the the tweet in its entirety was turnout in last Northern Ireland Assembly elections 65% turnout in Scottish Parliament elections 63% turnout in Welsh Parliament elections 45% turnout in London 32% turnout in Hartlepool 42% Northern Ireland is the only place in the UK to have voter ID no further questions Your Honour so the implication is that Northern Ireland's the only place that has photo, photo voter ID and yet they have the highest That's turnout. That's why the
3: turnout was huge. Uh, yeah.
2: So it's not yeah. an issue. What are you worried about? um yeah and and our listener gerald anthony said hey guys i feel like dale's reasoning here is a logical fallacy but i can't pinpoint which one would you mind explaining it on the next show
3: i think the problem is because there's more than one yeah
2: that might be the reason <laughs> it's difficult to pinpoint which yeah. one because i've identified yeah. eight <laughs> in <Right>. there
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a very least it's a false equivalence
2: yeah it? um yeah do you, do you know that's i mean yeah arguably Not i've nine, got right? i've got inconsistent <laughs> comparison uh, oh, which is go, yeah. which is yes yeah. uh, part of that. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I would say it's a straw man because right the argument isn't from the other side that turnout will be reduced. That's not the problem. Mm.
3: No, <laughs> far from it. Uh, yeah. No, the problem is it was it's disenfranchisement of, of specific who groups who necessarily who wouldn't necessarily vote in the same way as rich media owners yeah. would. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you're voting for workers rights and things like that because you are a worker or you're voting for the rights of homeless people to be able to vote because you're homeless you're going to be disenfranchised
2: somewhat yeah so yeah so it's that's a straw man that we are not making that argument that turnout would go down in general it may be a byproduct of this uh, of this happening but that's not, yeah. that's not the argument that's being made. This is also a wrong tool fallacy because turnout isn't the way to measure the impact of this law being enacted if it uh-huh. in, in the end gets enacted. Um, because the way to measure it is which groups have been reduced in their turnout. You know, what effect has this had on the makeup of the electorate? Yeah. Um, it's an inconsistent comparison. Uh, that's a given. Because the Northern Ireland Assembly elections that he's referring to were in 2017, whereas uh-huh. the, all, all uh-huh. the other numbers are during a pandemic.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: um, yeah. It's, it also, he's looking at um, local elections, whereas at Northern Ireland Assembly, uh, the parliaments of Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales have been devolved from the UK Parliament. So they each have their own body who kind of makes laws and rules for that part of the UK. So the the voting for the Northern Ireland Assembly is more like a general election where we get to mm. vote for the MPs who form part of the government. Yep. The elections we've just had are local council elections where we vote for the people who will run our towns as opposed to the people who get to make laws. So it's not the same thing at all. Nope. Um, if you look at the Northern Ireland local elections, which the last one was in 2019 – um, pre-pandemic their turnout yep. figures are between 43.6 and 62.4 percent with an average of 52.7 across the 11 councils of northern ireland so they fall right in the middle of those numbers that they're talking about they they, yeah, they yeah. did not have higher turnout in their local elections they had a high turnout in their um the the, yeah the parliamentary the, yeah choosing who yeah. was going to lead the country essentially
3: well and, and similarly for the so he's kinda of lumped together Northern Ireland, Scott, Scottish Parliament and Welsh Parliament yeah. are the national elections, and then to go down to turnout in London was thirty two percent. Well but that's for the local mayor, mayoral election. If he'd have gone turnout in Liverpool, that yeah. was a lot higher yeah, than thirty two percent. Yeah, he's chosen desperate not to get a, a story in. Yeah,
2: he's chosen a mayoral election and a by election in Hartlepool. Um, and that yeah. is the next one, is cherry picking. He's yeah, picked yeah. these ones, presumably, because they represent lower turnout. Yeah, in fact, yeah. if he looked at the the actual general election, the last time we had a general election in 2019, across England, turnout was 67.5%. Across Scotland, it was 68.1%. Across Wales, it was 66.6%. And in Northern Ireland, it was 618 so Northern Ireland oh, wow. had, by some way, the lowest turnout of the four nations. Yeah, yeah. And that is absolutely standard across the last four general elections that we've had since 2015. Yeah. In fact, in 2015, Scotland had a 71% turnout and Northern Ireland only had 58.1%. So significantly lower. Yeah. And, and that... Yeah argument if we chose those numbers could very much be used to make the argument that if we chose to make it voter id reduces turnout
3: yes exactly (laughs) if you choose to make that but of course he doesn't choose to make that yeah that and the fact that he's using that that sentence no further questions is (laughs) is the kind of opposite of do your own research Yes, absolutely uh,
2: no further questions your honor is a thought-terminating cliché. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> He's suggesting that that <laughs> yeah. we don't need to talk about this anymore. I've, I've given I've you all the that, yeah. all
3: the facts you need. Yeah, all the evidence that there is. There's nothing further to find. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, of course, if we did do our own cherry-picking and looked at the yeah. general election results that prove that Northern Ireland has a lower voter turnout in general, when you don't compare apples to oranges, yeah. we would probably be committing the single cause fallacy, which he's also doing by implying the opposite of that, suggesting yeah. that the the voter ID is the thing that has the impact on turnout. Mm. Maybe there's other reasons. Yeah. If we even were to take his numbers as red, maybe there are other reasons why turnout in Northern Ireland is particularly high. Yeah. It isn't particularly high, <laughs> but if it was,
3: yeah, if it was arguably... Yeah. I mean, in comparison with the rest yeah, of them...
2: Yeah, the voter ID isn't yeah. necessarily the reason for either direction of that happening. No. And suggesting it's the cause is fallacious. Yep. He's also committing ignoratio elenchi or missing the point because the point that people are trying to make on the other side is that this whole thing isn't even necessary because voter fraud isn't a problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And um yep. in 2019 in the last general election there was one conviction for voter fraud and one police caution. Wow. And the thing is, in Northern Ireland, part of the reason they have voter ID and photo ID laws is because in the 80s, it was a problem in Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah. During the 80s, they they had what we very euphemistically refer to as the Troubles. The
3: Troubles, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
2: Um, And there was significant sectarian fraud going on. In the early 80s, in 1983, 949 people arrived at the the polling stations in Northern Ireland and were told that a vote had already been cast in their name. Wow. And this is from a population of only 1.3 million, not the whole of the UK, which is 70 million plus. And out of that, there were 149 arrests and 104 prosecutions just that year. Um, So that was why they decided they needed to do something about voter fraud. If you scale that up to the UK voting population... Um, there would have to be 34,000 allegations of voter fraud for it to be in any way similar.
3: And reason to enact uh, voter ID? Yeah, which which coincidentally
2: is is almost exactly a thousand times higher than the actual level of allegations of voter fraud (laughs) there were in 2019 in the UK. Yeah. In fact, between 2015 and 2019, in the four last general elections, out of one hundred and sixty-four million votes cast during those four elections in the UK, there were only ninety-six allegations of voter fraud. Wow!
3: And there were just, a, and were they? Did they prove to be correct? Allegations? Um, there was, or were they- I
2: think, a total of four, um, either cautions or convictions. There was yeah. a caution and a conviction in twenty nineteen. There was a conviction in twenty seventeen, and I think there was one other caution in twenty fifteen.
3: But so that um, compare, comparing with. Trump's allegations during even during the election that he won that's lower than that it's,
2: it's almost non existent yeah yeah and certainly does not need to disenfranchise potentially three and a half million voters um left wing voters yeah. yeah 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 so yeah yeah because you you can
3: you can bet that it's not going to disenfranchise the people that would vote for the current sitting government.
2: So the final fallacy that this commits, I think, is lying with statistics. Because it is a lie, because a lot of these figures aren't yeah. true.
3: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, so right. Ah, so the most that. accurate okay.
2: ones are the top two, Northern Ireland and Scottish Parliament. So Northern Ireland, yep. he says 65%. Yes, OK, he's rounded up from 647 and uh, But the Scotland one, he's rounded down from 63.49% to 63%. So making it seem further away from the Northern Ireland one. Uh, the Welsh yeah, number, yeah. Welsh Parliament election, he said is 45%. It's actually 468 The London, right. he doesn't make it clear which he means, whether it's the London Assembly election or the mayoral election. Um, but either yeah. way, they were both about 42 uh, point seven or 42.2% not 35% which is oh. what he claims but uh, no not sorry 32% he claims yeah. so way off yeah. and Pool, yeah. he he almost gets right so it's 42.7 not 42% right. but basically right yeah the, the numbers he's presenting are cherry picked they are not comparing apples to apples they are they are often not true uh, they don't measure what the <laughs> law would actually do they don't represent what people's objections to it are and he finishes off with a cliche suggesting that there is now no further requirement for talking about it
3: and finally some things we really don't have time to talk about
2: Amazingly, the Arizona recount run by Cyber Ninjas, the company with no experience at all in elections, is going poorly. The audit, which is impressively both bullshit and batshit, was due to finish on May 14th, a hard deadline as the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, where the counting is taking place, is booked for some high school graduations. That shouldn't have been a problem, since the conspiracy theorists stopped the steel supporting CEO of Cyber Ninjas, estimated the count would take 16 days, and they had 21 Unfortunately, with two days to go, only 17% of the 2.1 million votes had been counted. Why so slow? Well, cyber ninjas tried to claim their counting methods were a trade secret, but a judge called bullshit on that, so we got to see their security documents, which revealed that, well... They didn't actually have a plan for how to do the count, but they did work out what to do if Antifa attacked the facility to stop the count. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, we've learned from audit observers that they are taking 5k pictures of each ballot to look for traces of bamboo in the paper, based on a conspiracy theory that 40,000 ballots were flown in from Asia, and, you know, that's probably what Asians make paper out of, right? They're also holding them all up to UV lights to check for watermarks based on a QAnon theory that Trump secretly watermarked the real ballots and they're looking at them under microscopes to see if any of them were folded by robots. I fucking swear I am not making any of that up. The count will now be delayed until after all the graduations, with the ballots going into storage in the meantime. But they've only got until June 30th, because then the venue's needed for a gun show.
3: Excellent. (laughs) In another normal day in the alternative parallel universe of Trump land, the GOTP, the good old Trump party, reported at the Capitol Hill hearing on Wednesday, courtesy of Georgia Representative Andrew Clyde, via the peculiarly Republican cherry-picking lens that the insurrectionist seditionary riots on January the 6th were like a normal tourist visit. The cherry-picking lens requires you to only look at that odd launcher-of-a-thousand-memes bit of a thousand memes footage of the breakers and enterers meekly keeping between the red ropes and taking selfies in statutory Hall – Sure, let's turn a blind eye to the smashing of the windows, the five people dead, the hangman's nooses, the zip-tie handcuffs for hostages, the utter trashing of Pelosi's office and guns and tear gas and chants giving a clear intention of actual bodily harm. All I can say is I'm never going to accept an invitation for the Clydes to go with them to visit any tourist destination. Can you imagine the lawsuit for damages to Mickey's cheery demeanour that Disneyland would file? Actually, I would need to see what the Clyde family's holiday schedule is, so that I can get there first before Monument Valley is reduced to rubble.
2: Do you think he's related to Keith Moon? Facebook's oversight board ruled that Trump will continue to be banned from the platform for at least six more months. But Donald doesn't care because he has another way to talk directly to his fans. No, it's not Frank Speech, the new social network from Pillow Baron and illegitimate love child of Tom Selleck and a Pillow, Mike Lindell, since that site still isn't working four weeks after its official launch. No, instead, Trump has, to great fanfare, created his own communications platform called From the Desk of Donald J. Trump. I mean, I say communications platform. It's a blog. He started a blog. It's not even on a new website. He's just added a blog to his existing website. (laughs) This totally original concept allows Trump to post his thoughts on which Democrats or Republicans should go fuck themselves and how, and includes share buttons so that his drooling followers can feel like they're helping their beloved god king by posting his musings on sites he's banned from, but no opportunity to comment or reply. According to a report from Buzz Sumo, in the first couple of weeks, the entire blog has received about one fifth of the engagement a single Trump tweet was getting pre ban.
3: <laughs> and it all collapsed recently as well because <laughs> he was posting complete and utter tosh about the Arizona elections. And the, so many people kind of slavishly drooled over the tosh that the whole thing fell over. <laughs> yeah, communications platform miles. More proof that the internet probably is the real world after all, a ransomware attack on the colonial pipeline which stretches from Texas to New Jersey and supplies 45% of the East Coast gasoline. Who knew that was part of the Internet of Things? Shut down operations on Friday, causing shortages across the southeast whilst the supply chain was rebooted or something. Footage of lines forming recall images from the gas crisis in the 70s, only with fewer US muscle cars. Not really a problem. Till, of course, people. Fed up with nothing to hold now that COVID and toilet paper are no longer conjoined, people are filling everything that will hold liquid and (laughs) stacking it in their SUVs. Yep, none too safe given the definite possibility of impactful road rage if a bumper kiss in line causing spitting and tussling and arrest for assault is anything to go by. Thankfully, the US Consumer Product Safety Commission still has a sense of public duty, slash, humor, and tweeted Do not fill plastic bags with gasoline. Is it me or is there a direct correlation with Republican voters and the colonial pipeline states? And if so, don't stop them. This is the Darwinian natural selection event we've all been waiting for. What is great about the report in the Daily Kos is how quickly the comments section turns into a discussion about which brand of electric mower is best. There you are, Andrew Clyde. Some more battery-operated cherry-picking for you.
2: (laughs) I mean, I think you're being quite generous saying that they're filling everything that will hold liquid, because they're filling plenty of stuff that doesn't hold doesn't, liquid.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of prompted. Yeah, the,
2: uh, yeah. There's one. Like the back there's one image of need. people filling cardboard boxes with and gasoline.
3: It's <laughs> <Which is> fucking <laughs>
2: insane. And then
3: kind of, and then, and then <laughs> worrying. And I think what they're doing, they kind of carry it, and they go, "Oh, it's leaking out." So they just <laughs> like cup the the hem of their t-shirt uh-huh. up a bit. In the hope that they can get to their car. (laughs) I mean, where are they going? Are you going to put that in in your car? That's so good. And given the fact that somebody's going to ram you on the interstate Uh and then the whole thing will burst into flames,
2: just great. (sighs) Former National Security Traitor, sorry, Advisor, and Convicted Traitor, General Mike Flynn, appeared last week at a rally for pro-Trump lawyer and fucking nutter L. Lynn Wood. Flynn announced that he was going to lead the crowd in the Pledge of Allegiance, and he made a big deal of how you'd have to be a commie bastard not to understand the fundamental Mm -hmm. importance of the Pledge to all red-blooded, God-fearing, true American patriots, saying, I want you to hear, not just listen, I want you to hear every single word of the Pledge of Allegiance. That is our pledge to each other. That is our pledge to this country. He then started the pledge and immediately forgot the words. <laughs> I mean, it's so on the nose for a general who sold out his country to not even know how to fake allegiance to it.
3: Someone who is obviously not a listener to our show or apparently any news channels either, the manager of the Hyatt-centric hotel in Arlington, Virginia, said that the venue's operating team had no knowledge of fiends of the show, our favourite idiots, Jacob Wall and Jack Berman. (laughs) and their extensive past history of scams and schemes was a bit odd given that berkman does this kind of thing outside his house down the road from the hotel much to the chagrin of his neighbours apparently the moronic duo had told hotel staff they planned to hold a book signing not a press conference. Mm-hmm. I'm upset. They lied to me," said the manager. "Yeah, hello. Join the club. The hotel unwittingly hosted a presser where the clueless couple launched meritless allegations against Rudy Giuliani and Matt Gates. That in itself is fairly unique. I'd have thought meritless allegations against those two. On reading this entire report, I felt my mind go through some sort of Möbius loop. What? No longer satisfied with having no one listen to their utter bollocks about left-leaning politicos as attempting to besmirch the good name of Donald J. Trump. They're going so far out, they're after fellow nut jobs Rudy and Gates. This is a sad day. It's not the kind of thing we like to do. Berkman said in his opening remarks, What? What? Like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning on an ever spinning reel, as the images unwind like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind.
2: House Republicans have decided that even Liz Cheney isn't shitty enough to be their conference chair, so they voted her out and replaced her with the admittedly even more shitty Elise Stefanik. According to House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, the problem they had with Cheney was that she was too intent on relitigating the past and should move on and focus on the next election. You know, like Trump, whose new communications platform is about 80% rants about how the 2020 election was stolen from him. Or the Arizona Republican Party, who are spending hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars re a settled election. The truth is, Liz has decided to stop lying for Trump. But in today's Republican Party, lies are all they have.
3: All they have. That and cherry-picking lenses. In Britpole, it's been a hard week for my sanity this week. I could watch neither Prime Minister's questions for the inevitable smug fuckery from Johnson posturing from a position of no moral high ground whatsoever guffawing over Starmer's defeats in the local elections nor the Queen's speech at the opening of a new session of Parliament where she outlined that her government would be taking leaves from the GOP playbook and introducing curbs on voting, restricting the calling of elections and clamping down on public protests about the same in the face of no effective opposition. Seeking solace in similarly cognitively biased communities, I spotted an image that reversed the opening titles from Boris's favourite 1970s nostalgia for World War II British TV programme Dad's Army, where the three original animated Nazi flags threatening to cross the English Channel against the plucky Union Jack is now reversed to show the one Nazi flag standing in for the English government taking on the flags of the entirety of the EU if not the world. I say England because following wins by the left wing and their own non-Westminster-based parties, Wales, Scotland and even Northern Ireland are kind of ghosting Boris's Tinder advances, saying, it's not you, it's me, and hey, let's just not hang out any longer, and no, we can't still be friends. Vive la (laughs) différence!
2: So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com. And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page.
3: If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our strawman-level patrons Kaz Tui, Steve Bickle, Schmoots, Mark Reiki, and Amber R. Buchanan. Thanks so much, everyone. We really do appreciate your support.
2: You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Trump.
3: All music is by the outburst and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald.
1: That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.
2: Amazingly, the Arizona recunt. Recunt? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that's getting in the bloopers. Okay.
3: <clears throat> all music is by the outbursts. All music is by the outbursts and was used by and all music. All music is by the outbursts and was used for me sh... Fuck now.
0: <laughs> if you're a woman over forty, dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause.